0: Good afternoon, it is Wednesday, W-I-N-S-D-A-Y, I, uh, <laughs> I didn't get, I shouldn't say I didn't get to do a podcast this morning, um, over the last, I shouldn't say over the last couple days, but over the last day and a half, I did the one yesterday on uh, crabs in a barrel, which for some reason I was so extra and anxious, I wanted to do that for some reason so bad, I woke up like, oh, let me hurry up and do this. But I needed to do my reading and all that other stuff first. Um, it was funny because last night I was thinking of topics. And then this morning I sat down and as I was thinking of topics, I had uh, discipline. I had, what is it here? Good intentions, uh, inconsistencies. And then the one I thought I was going to do it on was patience and persistence or yeah, patience and persistence. And with that being said, I started making my speaking points and as I'm making my speaking points, usually I start just talking and I'm like, okay, I get that feel like, yeah, okay, this one's going to be good. I got it. But as I started writing my talking points, I'm looking at them now. I got, I don't know, a page and a half of talking points here. But as I started talking through it, I just, I didn't feel it. Like it was like, nah, this ain't it. This wasn't what I was supposed to do today. So I was kind of frustrated because I wanted to, my thing is making sure you put one out on Wednesday and Saturday. I at least have to do those two. Wednesday being that midweek motivation, W-I-N-S-D-A-Y. Saturday just being some weekend, think about it type stuff. Um, But with that being said, as you all know, this morning you didn't get a podcast. So I went to work today. And the last two days I've been at work and we've been doing what we call leadership development formation retreat. So basically it's, you get all the leaders from this side of Florida in a, I don't want to say a conference, but more of a summit type uh, environment. We talk through performance, we talk through what's coming, um, get up on stage and basically do this panel of questions for half hour, 45 minutes. Um, And obviously I lead a group of a group in recruiting for te- or for texas what am i talking about for alabama and florida so typically when it comes to talent acquisition or recruiting we get drilled with questions which i look forward to um, for those of my business partners that are listening to this typically the questions are the same so you kind of know what to expect and how to prepare for it but obviously it's still a good time you get some different questions every now and again um but obviously that's not why i'm on here but the last couple of days preparing for those meetings, as well as still having your job to do, Um, I felt like I was just distracted. So I didn't do, I wasn't filling the podcast topics that I had. So I got off work today. And for those of you that know me, I'm very passionate about my Apple watch. And it fell off the bathroom counter. I don't know, a couple weeks ago, maybe a month ago. And it cracked the bottom of it. And like a little piece of the glass broke off. But I'm like, whatever still works, still tracks my steps. And then last Saturday I was golfing and I swung and the whole face of the Apple watch opened up and I didn't have the, uh, the convertible version of the Apple watch. So with that being said, I'm like, man, dang. So I was able to wear it for a day or two after that. And then obviously it was like, OK, this is done. So I haven't had my watch the last couple of days. I've been talking about okay, I'm gonna go in, I'm gonna get a new watch, blah blah blah. But so I go into or I'm looking um, this morning, I'm looking to see how much is an Apple Watch because the Apple Watch I had, it was series one, and it was a gift to me. Shout out Gwen. Um, but with that, I didn't know how much Apple Watch cost, so I'm looking and I'm like, man, I spent spending all this money. But Obviously, they do the monthly payments, and I get in there, and I'm asking the guy, so how much is the, wa- the watch outright? He gives me the price, and he was like, but you can do the monthly payments. It, it's only blah, 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 and I'm like, one, well, don't count my money. You don't know how much money I have, but me, I'm thinking he's trying to get over on me, so I'm like, so how much is it if I buy the watch outright? Because obviously, I think it's going to be cheaper, versus how much is it if I do the monthly plan? He's like, Sir, it's the exact same amount, so if you put more down a day, you'll pay less on your monthly amount, but it's not... It's not going to cost you anymore if you do the monthly plan. So I'm like, oh, okay. So we're sitting there and uh, we're talking and he was like, well, what do you do for a living? And I was like, uh, my title or what do I actually do? And he was like, that's a good question. (laughs) So I'm laughing with my man. And uh, he was like, I guess both. And I was like, so let me ask you this. Why do you want to know? And he was like well you got a suit on haircut looks kind of fresh so i'm laughing about that and he was like i don't know you just look like look like you're successful And i was like oh <laughs> whoa okay one don't look at someone and say they look successful maybe tell them they look happy so we laughed about that and he was like no but really what do you do so i told him like what do i actually do My job is to basically coach and develop managers to coach and develop their recruiters. Oh, okay. What does that mean? I was like, man, basically, I try to teach my managers or the people that quote unquote report into me, the people on my leadership team, how to make their recruiters more efficient. How do they find, how do they source better? How do they manage conversations with their business partners better? Uh, business partners being like their their nurses, their nurse managers, their vice presidents, their you name it. He's like, oh, okay. Well, what kind of recruiting do they do? So I'm telling them it's healthcare. Anything that you can think of in a hospital, we recruit for it outside the physicians. Oh, okay. So, is that hard? And I'm like, it's it's not hard. I mean, there's other parts too as far as like the data pieces and the reporting. And no, I don't have an analyst. So some of that stuff like you do on your own, but it's not. I mean, it depends on what you like to do and what your skill set is. He's like, oh, okay. So I guess what's your job title? I'm like (laughs) Uh, director of talent acquisition for Florida and Alabama. So he was like, oh, yeah, you make some money. So we're laughing about that. And uh, I'm like, so really, though. A lot of people in here laughing, cracking jokes. Another guy in a suit. Why you ask me that? And he was like, well, I got my degree um, in cybersecurity. And I'm like, oh, OK, cool. Congratulations. What you going to do? And he was like, I, I have no idea what I want to do. Like, I'm working here. I'm the youngest one. and I'm an at, I'm at AS, ASM. I was like, I don't know what that is, man. He's like, oh, assistant sales manager. I'm the youngest assistant sales manager in this area. I said, okay, so what you going to do? He was like, I don't know. I feel like cybersecurity, that's what I'm supposed to do because I got my degree in it. But this sales, like, I really like sales. Like, I'm just good at it. And I'm like, oh, okay. So, what made you think you wanted to get your degree in cybersecurity? It's just something that's popular. I said, oh, okay, (laughs) cool. He's like, so how'd you get into your job? So I was like, oh, I mean, I was a recruiter first and then just kind of moved up as I, you know, listened, coachable, worked hard. He was like, oh, OK. So I was like, all right, man, I uh, honestly, this is not what I, I when I got it when I was young. I never said I wanted to be a recruiter or I never said I wanted to be a director of talent acquisition. I literally thought I would go to the NBA. <laughs> As crazy as that sounds and how I want to say unrealistic, because I, I I don't know. I thought that was a realistic goal for me. And as I got older, I was like, okay, you're not going to the NBA. You're, you'll play overseas and make good money. That didn't happen either. Tore my Achilles, but whatever. We didn't talk about all that. I just told him, I thought I would go to the NBA. Um, So we laughed about that. And I told him like, but then I started to think like, after I tore my Achilles, I was like, okay, I want to be an FBI agent. Sweet FBI. I had a cousin that worked with the FBI. They said you need a five years of professional experience in the CJ field. So I'm like, cool. I moved back to Ohio. I work in a, a state slash federal halfway house so I can get this experience. And literally, I was a uh, uh, worked the front desk. Basically, I was a case manager. And then I was assistant program manager. And just the cycle of failure sucked. So it was draining going to work every day, knowing you were gonna see the same things over and over with limited uh, limited change in behavior. And at that time, I had a, a director, um, and I to- I've told this story before. I had a director, her name was Kelly. Um, I had actually ended up going to work for her husband, awesome couple, awesome family. And I left the halfway house and I went and worked in insurance for a couple months. That's something I probably shouldn't have quit because you can make a lot of money there. But I jumped out of that Um, from there. I was kind of stuck and I was like, all right, I'm gonna go work. I get a job or whatever. So I told him I went and worked in a call center. Didn't tell him the whole story about the call center, but I was like, man, long story short, I've cleaned Oriental rugs. I've laid concrete. I drove a forklift. I've been a bartender. I worked at Walmart. I have worked at McDonald's. Um, I've delivered newspapers, you know, I've had my little side hustles. I've worked in call centers. I mean, I've done almost everything, but the thing is doing all that stuff, it made me understand what I didn't want to do. He's like, okay. He said, but how did you get to your role now? Mind you, this kid's at work. So you got a lot of time, my guy. Um, so I told him, like, I got, I got into a company discover and I met some awesome leaders. Those leaders really helped me out, and the only thing I did, I worked hard, I was coachable, and I listened. So with that being said, every position I got in, I was competitive, I wanted to be the best, but I wasn't always the best by any means, but at the same time, I was always coachable. You want me to do something? I'ma do it your way, I'ma try it. Um, I got into a mentorship program, excelled there, got another opportunity to be in a mentorship program, got a job as a recruiter, got promoted to a senior recruiter, um, was a supervisor across a region from Ohio to Phoenix, moved a couple or well, so I moved a couple times, uh, was over a couple areas and then moved back to Ohio or was in Ohio, took a job in Utah as a manager. And then from there, um, as a manager, I knew there was more opportunity if I were to move to Chicago. Um, and plus, I was I was done with Utah. Me and Utah didn't really get along. And I you guys have probably all heard me talk. I don't want to say negatively, but obviously Utah wasn't my spot. But as I look back on it, like there are some people in Utah, um, Steve Peck, awesome leader. Clint Morley, awesome leader. Um, there are some people out there. Topher was awesome. Jordan Brown, like there were some really good leaders out there, good people that really helped me develop. Um, And even some not not in Utah, but they still supported me and helped me out in Utah as far as Steve Baines and Keith Carroll. But in Utah, even though I talk about how much I didn't like it and how much I just wanted to get away from it. That was also the place where if I looked at any two and a half year period of my life, that's the period where I learned the most because I was so uncomfortable, had to do better, had to learn, had to adjust, was in a difficult environment, um, was around around people that were nothing like me. So we're having this conversation, move to Chicago, boom. I get to Chicago and it's awesome. People are smarter than me. It's like, whoa, this is different. You can't just outwork people anymore. And as I'm telling this kid this story, he's like, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So did you have anyone helping you like throughout the way? And I told him like, well, the names I named in Utah, but I was like, to be honest with you, I still have. I consider him a mentor, someone I still reach out, reach out to often, Keith Carroll, because he's someone that provides good counsel. And when I say good counsel, he doesn't always agree with me, but he tells me what he thinks is right. And he makes me think he never gives me the answer. He'll give me like the direction I should be thinking or his advice. And then he always gets off the phone and you guys know what he says, figure out how to win. So, and he was like, Oh, okay. So at this point, a lady comes over. I think she's his manager or whatever. And she's like, how's everything going? I'm like, good. He starts telling this lady my story. And he's like, yeah, man, he's a director over here at the hospital. And yeah, And I'm like, oh boy. And he's excited. So his manager is cool. She says, you know what? Craig, spelled weird though. It was like K-R-E-I-G, something like that. Craig, K-R-I-E-G, spelled different. But she was like, that's your connection right there. So like to see a leader, obviously this kid, the youngest kid, or he's the youngest in his group right now to be promoted to an assistant man, assistant sales manager, for his manager to be encouraging him to network and, you know, find people that can help him out. I thought that was awesome because I'm looking at it as, and maybe it's just my, my nature and what I've done for my life. I'm looking at it as I should probably steal your talent. <laughs> I don't know what role I would put this kid in, but just his curiosity, his work ethic, he communicated well. He was a good kid. And looking at that, I left. Well, obviously I got my watch. I'm back in the uh, Apple Watch world, so I'm happy. Um, But as I left, I was like, man, that's probably what my podcast was supposed to be about today. And I guess if I were to entitle it, I guess it's give back because, oh, I forgot to say before I left, I gave my man my business card and I was like, hey, man, I know you're still trying to think about whether you want to be in the assistant sales manager or you want to go pursue something in um, cybersecurity. Either way, do whatever you feel like is going to make you happy. If it's wrong, jump into the other one. If that's wrong, find something else you want to do. Just keep learning. So he was like, oh, okay, cool. Keep learning. So as I'm leaving, I'm like, man, gave him my business card. Call me, text me, um, email me if you have any questions or you just want to chat. He's like, I appreciate that. So it felt good leaving. So I'm like, I hope he reaches out and says, hey, got this situation. What should I do here? Or how can I help you or whatever? So as I was leaving, I'm like, yo, that's, that's my message today. That's going to be my podcast on networking Asking the question, asking the uncomfortable question, because I think a lot of times we get in spaces, and I'm kind of being contradictory of what I said earlier when I was like, "Don't judge a book by its cover," or "Don't look at someone and say they look successful," because I think we all get in situations where you may see someone, and you may have a. a, Let Let me not speak for anyone else. I've seen people, I've met people. And I've felt like, yep, yep, that, that right there is what I should be doing. I don't even know what they do for a living. I don't know how happy they are. I don't know any of that. But I'm looking at it and maybe it was a car, a house, maybe how they interacted with their family, how they were giving back to charity, you know, wh- whatever. There's a lot of stuff that I look at and I admire in certain people. And it's rare for me to say, hey, what do you do? How do you get there? And I don't know if that's uh, I need to humble myself and do that, or if it's just something that I feel like, you know what, I've ingrained in myself from the books I've read, the lifestyle that I I live, that whatever it is I'm supposed to have, I'm gonna work for it. And then I don't know, I feel like I network at the right times, and I don't know how I'm justifying or clarifying or saying it's the right time. But when I look at my life and I see the different people in my life at different times. I'm like, okay, yeah, I, got I, got, I know good people. I know people that are in spaces that don't always agree with me, but they give me good counsel. So the, the message, I guess, and the title, I oh, don't know I'm going to title this yet, but network, ask the question that everyone wants to ask, but they're not going to. Be open. Give back. So as I'm sitting there, I'm in my, my feel good. Oh, okay, driving home. Yeah, feel everything feels great. And I stop at a red light and I'm sitting there and I'm looking. I'm like, man, wonder what that kid's gonna be. Now I'm looking in the future, like, man, I hope he's successful. I look to my right and I can't say to my right, like diagonal to my right. And there's a man sitting outside with a homeless sign. Said, homeless veteran. Anything will help. The high I was on immediately left. That's something, And I don't even know why. I do know why it bothers me. Like they give up their whole entire life to fight for the, the country, the freedom for us. So we can do whatever we want to do. So I'm like, all right, cool. Put my car in park, hop out, start jogging up the street a little bit. Give my guy some money. Light changes. One guy's honking his horn. Hurry the hell up. Come on, bro. Shut up lady next to me is like, that's awesome. So I'm like, cool. I appreciate it. Give him a couple dollars. She pulls up, makes the right. I'm hoping she stopped and gave him some money. But I think just, just that, like, as I think about today, last two days, as I sat in our leadership or LDFR leader development, leader development formation retreat, My thing was, how do I give back? And I said it's canned answers, but it's prepared. I say it's canned because I prepared it. But how was I giving back to the leaders to hopefully give them a better idea of what talent acquisition is and where we're trying to go and even explaining to them how we're changing the culture from administrative masters to, yeah, you have recruiters, advisors, consultants now to today prepared dealing with a different level of leaders prepared to give the same message to help them understand what we're doing, not necessarily for me, because no matter I feel like no matter what level I get to from a leader in talent acquisition, you're always going to have challenges and it's going to be very similar challenges from place to place. The goal is just to figure out how to fix the problem and how to make it an easy transition for your business partners if you're going to have some kind of change. But with that being said, how do I give back so they understand it so that my team's transition and the pushback my team get, gets is a little bit easier. So give back, give back. So I'm leaving, like I said, today, and I stop at the, the AT&T. What happens there? I'm trying to give my man some knowledge because he's asking for it. Give back, give back. Stop at the red light. Homeless veteran. I don't know if like that should never happen government needs to do something that that should never happen. But anyway, give them some money. Give back. My podcast. Every time I get on here, every single time I get on here. I would say with the exception today, but if you watch what I'm doing, I think it's an example of what more people need to do and I'm not saying I'm perfect, I'm not saying I'm great, I'm not even saying I'm good. But being able to put yourself second and consistently give back. And even the, uh, the message I had the other day was the other day. Uh, maybe it was this, this morning, but it was talking about, uh, maybe your blood, maybe your gift is being able to give back. They said, uh, here it is. I'm sorry. Remember whenever you're in a position to help someone be glad and always do it. That's God answering someone else's prayer through you. And I look at today, I look at the last two days and I'm like, hmm, message received. I got you. If you're in a position to bless someone, bless them, give back. Like that that's your duty. You're supposed to do that. It doesn't, doesn't always have to be financial. Three of the four that I talked about just now were more just knowledge. Like, let me try to help you get to a better space. So I encourage you guys, continue to give back to people when you're able to. It doesn't have to be, like I said, it doesn't have to be money. It doesn't have to be anything huge. But when you're in a space where you can help someone develop, um, progress, make sure you're taking the time to do that because not everyone's in that situation. And like that post said, you are answering someone else's prayer, someone else's blessing that they prayed, they prayed about. You were the one that's delivering that. You're the one like, oh, let me play quarterback. Here you go. I got you. So I guess the message for today is don't block other people's blessings. Make sure you're giving back. And a lot of times we've talked about blocking people's blessings. I guess I shouldn't say a lot of times. We talked about blocking people's blessings in the past. And my thing is, and this is one thing that still eats me up to this day. Um, I have goals and things that I'm trying to do. But the thing that that eats me up is I don't think, to be honest, I've figured out all the way this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And I personally feel like until you figure out what you're supposed to be doing in life, like LeBron James, I seriously feel like he was supposed to play basketball. He's amazing at it. That's his gift. You know, I think there's others that (laughs) Warren Buffett, you were supposed to be an investor, bro. You are amazing at that. But I think there's, until, I shouldn't say I think, until we figure out what we are supposed to do, we're probably blocking someone else's blessings. Because even though I say this is what we're supposed to, that's what LeBron James or Warren Buffett were supposed to do, look at how many blessings these guys are giving and what they're doing with the schools and the charities and the, you know, just how much they're giving. And that's why I say until you figure out what you're supposed to do, you're probably blocking someone else's blessings. So when you get in that situation, not even when you get in that situation, try to figure out what it is you're supposed to be doing and go get it. But until then, continue to learn. Because the more you learn, the more you're able to retain and build this wealth of knowledge that leads to productive and progressive action, the more you're going to be able to give to someone else. So as that post said, remember... Whenever you're in a position to help someone, be glad and always do it. That's God answering someone else's prayer through you. Steve. I feel like that's something that we all need to live by. But again, I know today's a little different than my normal podcast, and I literally have absolutely no speaking notes. First time I've ever done that. Let's see how much you guys like it. But as always, I appreciate you guys taking the time to listen to this. Uh, Sorry, it wasn't earlier this morning to get your Wednesday going right. Hopefully you still listen to it and it gives you momentum, fires you up, encourages you to go help someone, uh, encourages you to go help someone throughout the rest of the week, go help people throughout the rest of the week. Um, But yeah, again, I appreciate it. As always, be great. Think about it. What are you giving back?